See, we got a good warm up. Now we're recording. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's it. That's this is all the magic of technology. We get to just edit that out. The Clans Clinic podcast is brought to you by Twin Ravens Audio, providing audio editing, recording, and restoration for all your podcasting needs. Visit our website at www.twinravensaudio.com for more information. Welcome to the Claims Clinic. Why don't you have a seat and show me where it hurts? Are you feeling depreciated? Has your 8CV policy left you with a self-insured penalty? Having trouble with your GPP? Don't worry, you'll be just fine. The doctor will see you now. Thank you, Nurse Natalie. And thank you for coming to the Claim Clinic. This is Andy McCabe. I am your Claim Doctor. And this week on the show, I had the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Gary Wilbers with Ascend Business Strategies. He's a business coach and mentor, and he had some great things to say about hiring practices and making sure your employees have a good fit in your company. So let's get right to it. All right, welcome to the Claim Clinic. This is Andy McCabe. I've got in the studio with me today Mr. Gary Wilbers with High Achievers and Ascend Business Strategies. How you doing, Gary? I'm doing wonderful. What a great day. Oh, it is. It is. We've uh, got some pretty good weather coming on here in Bend, Oregon, too. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your experience in the restoration field and what you're up to now. Well, I'm a lifelong entrepreneur of 25 years. I'm owned about seven or eight different um, businesses. For 22 years, I was in the wireless industry, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2012, kind of saw the writing on the wall where the industry was heading. Um, really didn't want uh, the um, entrepreneurs anymore. They were looking more for the cookie cutter approach to franchising, but didn't want to pay as like franchisers. Nope. And I decided it was time to exit. Um, mm. Um, on that business. And I decided instead, I always enjoyed training, coaching, and speaking. And one of my personal philosophies in my companies was I always had a belief that if you could make your people better after they came to you, um, before they left you, then you succeeded, even if they were with you for three, six, nine, 12 months, whatever that number was. So I decided when I sold that business that um, getting into the training, coaching, and speaking business was a right fit for me. And so since 2012, been um, gearing up, doing some trainings and trying to, this mindset I have, the high achievers mindset, getting people to see that when they set themselves up with a framework, mm-hmm. then great things happen for them. Well, I wish more companies took that approach. I've, I've worked for a few, not all. Uh, a couple of those uh, companies did not have the same mindset to improve their employees after they left. Uh, so I'm glad that you realize that. And I'm, I'm sure the people that have worked for you would vouch for uh, the growth that you enabled them to have. Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the current state of education in, uh, in our field. Uh, we've got, there's so many things to choose from. If there's a guy just starting out, uh, let's let's say he's been in restoration for a couple of years and he's about to make a transition. He's about to get that second truck, hire that first outside salesperson, 
and then bring on an office manager for the first time. And they're making that transition. Maybe it's a 1 million to 3 million or 3 million to 5 million. Uh, do you, you have a way of coaching people through those types of transitions, right? That's correct. Um, with the high achievers mindset though, one thing I start with is the four pillars and our Mm. four pillars are energy. And to me, energy is not just exercise. That is one component of it. But the other component, I consider it execution. It's about the productivity side of it. The second big pillar is connections. And that's all about your relationships. It's about the relationships with that new salesperson you put on, plus your other team members. But it's also the relationships with your customers that you have out there. And then the third I always ask them to look at is their influence. What is their contribution that they're looking? Is it positive or negative? Are they looking at when they're looking to grow their business? um, What do they want that influence to be? What do they want their influence to be in the marketplace? So the people you hire now, they better have some of those same competencies. Otherwise, that creates a challenge because the influence that they may be putting out there is not what your company was built on up to this point. And then that last one I really key in on is integration. And to me, integration is all about change. What's the habits? What's the disciplines? What are the things that make our company good? So you go from two or three employees where you can control everything. You're getting that second truck. You can't control everything now. So now what habit or disciplines do I need to make sure that's in place for my whole team? So it does not matter if I'm doing the work or someone else is the same message is being shared. And that's where real growth happens. That's where kind of that high achiever side really starts to happen because you put those four pieces together and what's going to happen is you're going to start getting greater results Mm. and you're able to leverage really the word we say, leverage yourself, where instead of you doing all the work, you start leveraging it with the other people that's on your team to get those results that you're looking for. Wow. Wow. And I'm sure you guys go real deep. And to each one of those. <laughs> yeah, we have 22 different leadership modules that we um, have in our toolbox. There's a couple different ways they can be done. They can be done individually. We're in the process of getting a lot of those online so people can just pick them up online. I also have a high achievers um, coaching program where I walk them through those um, pieces. Each one of them is energy because maybe energy is one that they're having challenge on is that productivity side. Mm. How can I be more productive? Because man, the phone rings, guess what? If you're the one person operation, you're a smaller operation, you're just, just picking it up and taking care of it. Well, as you grow and if you get that office manager or someone take care of that off, you don't have to do those things anymore. Mm. But guess what? Our tendency is that phone rings, we still want to grab for it. Yeah, we do. But that we have gratification. To, exactly. But we have to get ourselves out of that because otherwise we can't let our team members, let our, I've always called my employees team members because if they're part of a team, um, you and I talked about offline, you love basketball. Well, mm-hmm. not the basketball teams that only have one player, great player, normally don't win the majority of games. Usually. the ones that have the best team. Um, they have to have a group of people around them, even if they're um, the passers and the people that's doing the other part of the job. And it's the same thing in the business philosophy. If we realize as a team, we're going to accomplish more. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Well, what is, what a, in your experience, what is the most... I don't want to say most common. What what are the some of the common roadblocks that business owners find themselves knocking up against as they're trying to grow their businesses? Believe it or not, themselves. 
<laughs> and I don't mean that in a mean way, so don't think I'm that way. Sure. But it's, it, we're still working off our old paradigm. Mm. We're working on the previous. Yes, we want to grow, but we have to first convince ourselves and tell ourselves, yes. And one of the strategies I always tell them, you know, what do you see? I do a forward thinking model. In the next 12 months, if you looked back, what will have to happen for you to have the success that you're wanting to have? Mm. And if they can answer that clearly and promptly, guess what? They're way on their way to it. They're on but their the way. The majority of us say, well, I would like to um, you know, grow my business to a million and a half today. That is to you know, somewhere around three million and maybe you know, that would be three more people. Well, see what they're doing already? I would like to. Mm-hmm. I will. I mean, there's no doubt we have our words determine what our actions are going to be and how we're going to take it. If mm-hmm. we say we're going to be a $3 million company and I'm going to have an outside salesperson I'm going to do, and I set those goals and then we track them down to 90-day segments. Mm-hmm. So we take your yearly goals and we break them down to 90-day segments. Then what are you going to get to done this first 90 days to make that a reality when you get to that 12-month standpoint. And I think when we break things down into that segment from one year to the yearly goals, then you have them five-year goals, but you're yearly, and then you go the 90 days, and then you break down, okay, this is what has to happen in 30 days. That's when you see really success to happen. But the hardest like part it. is, because I'm an entrepreneur too, is making myself sit down and writing that out. But oh, if you man. have somebody making you do it, guess what? It happens a little bit easier. Absolutely. Well, I've, I was introduced to the term SOS when it comes to entrepreneurs, and that's the shiny object syndrome. <laughs> I know that well. <laughs> we see that thing. Oh, that looks really cool. We're going to do that this week. Oh, oh, that's another cool thing. I'm going to go do that. Uh, I like what you said about the power of word. There's, there's something very powerful that we just don't understand sometimes that when we put something out there with our, with our words, they have true power. And, and even giving power, in my experience, even negative things, you can take the power away by voicing it, by, yes. by, by recognizing it intentionally with your voice. Uh, and yeah, I, I agree. Anything beyond, I would say, anything beyond a year and a half is unrealistic. All right, Gary, you mentioned most owners' biggest problem is getting their, in their own way. Uh, and let's assume a guy can get through that and, and hopefully he gets a hold of somebody like you and gets some good coaching along the way. Uh, what, talk to me about the next person, you know, finding that next good fit. Uh, that's something that, that you've had some pretty good experience with, I understand. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing is really then is really making sure you've got some processes because your success is going to be all in your hires mm. because you you can't duplicate yourself. There's nobody out there just like you. So we ended up where I had, a, I had this challenge in my wireless industry. Um, we were growing. We grew from a couple locations up to 10, and then we were up to 15 locations, 150 people. And the hiring was our big challenge. Mm. And what we ended up finding out is we had to create a process and we put this process together. It's now what I call our success in hiring program. And it's an eight step framework basically that takes it from where you look at what you're looking for that team member, that employee, and you're breaking it down in 
key of it is the five core competencies that you want from this individual. Mm. And we're a list of 40 of them that you can choose from. And then getting away from where you may have been able in the past is you knew the person. So you have the people you brought on your team, you knew who they were or they were referred to someone. Now you're going from where you can't always get that capability. And with unemployment rate actually dropping, it's mm. harder to find those top quality hires. Sure is. So what we really recommend people do is develop those five core competencies. And then along with that, we have over 300 behavior-based interview questions to go along with those competencies. So mm. instead of them telling you, oh, I, my strengths are this or my weaknesses or, you know, this is about my previous employment, you make them go back in their history and tell them. I would, I would say in restoration business, customer service is a big issue. So maybe one of those questions come into, tell me about a time when you had a disgruntled customer and what did you do about it? Hmm. And when you ask that behavior-based side and they said, well, I've never really dealt with that. Well, that's almost like a ding, ding, ding going off. Then <laughs> guess what? They may not be very good at that because even be, if yeah. they've never situation, they can go back to something sure. that they've had a disgruntledness with and how did they handle that situation. So we really talked about it being situational analysis. And then we've seen some real power along with it where we've actually had – especially if you've got a small office, is if you've got the capability to do it, where you can have a couple other people on the hiring team because we tend to hire by an emotion. Mm-hmm. And our emotion at times can be very good. But when you have a group of two or three there, it takes that emotion out. And then we have what we hiring filter where everyone's scoring on those five core competencies. Interesting. So when they score only on those five core competencies. And if that individual doesn't hit the mark and customer service is one of your competencies and you have that defined because we define what customer service is in that, then guess what? They would get a lower score. Hmm. And then you know what your best team member is. You know what your worst team member is. We have you get that average and then you're always looking for that person that fits in the middle range, at least on those first round interviews. It may take you from five interviews down to the top two, and then you bring those top two in again, and you mm. run them through some different questions, and it really sets up the legwork. And the thing I like about it, if you can do the hiring team, then guess what you've got? you got buy-in already from that team member that's already on the team, because when they say, hey, John was the best candidate, and we bring John on, guess what they want to see? They want to see John succeed also. Yeah, they get automatic buy-in, onboarding makes it easier. So you line up your company values with the competencies, hire to the competencies, and and then you're off to the races. That sounds great. Are we in a – can we still, given the, the lack of talent out there – I mean, we've got to fight for really good talent nowadays. Can we still abide by the saying, if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no? I think you can because I think the challenge is today is – the other side of it, it will cost your company more money in the long mm, run because we hire point. the wrong person. It costs us more in the long run. It may, maybe we have to, you know, none of us want to turn down business, but you're better mm. turning down business than getting business and then never getting that reference referral or they're totally unhappy with your services. But the thing is, is this allows you to get some of that top talent because if you show that you're a, you hire in a professional manner, guess what happens? The people are attracted to that also. It's true. 
So it's you're true. able to attract some of the better candidate. And we put some things in there. I'm sure some people, some of the job boards now, we've got to go at different ways of getting the candidates than we did in the past. We're not going to find them the same way in the newspaper ad that 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> no. Those days are over. And, and Craigslist doesn't work either. Nope. Uh, yeah, I had one of my the greatest managers I ever worked for. He said that he never fired anyone too soon. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's okay to make mistakes in the hiring process. It happens uh, as, uh, as long as you recognize it early and, and correct it early one way or the other. Yeah, don't make the mistakes. I got plenty of mistakes, I tell you there. Work comp claims that go with them. Oh. Emoting an employee and then the next thing he does, he falls and nobody sees it and we pay yeah, out right? the claim. Yeah, oh. yeah that, so. is, that is a story I have actually heard before. So that is, that is truth. Oh, man. Do not demote. Uh, well, before I let you go, why don't you tell us a little bit about this uh, leadership time solution uh, you mentioned before we were on the air? Yeah, and some people may have a process, but I'm still a believer in um, the leadership time solution comes into two things. One is yet once you have your yearly goals and all those plans, it's about having a weekly plan. What's your top three priorities that you want to get a this week. And then we have in our weekly plan a dashboard for yourself. What are the you know projects that you've got sitting there? But what's the top three projects that you've got to move forward this week? And then I am a firm believer in what I call we call our daily dashboard. Mm. And it's what's your priorities for the day? Who are the people I need to reach out to? Who am I waiting on? And then what's those top three projects and what do I need to get accomplished in those? And it's still, you and I had this question uh, uh, offline, Andy, talking about you still have to write it down because there's <laughs> truth of if you write it down, there's a connection between your thumb and your brain that allows you to accomplish more than you keeping it up in your head. You, you putting it in your computer. I know I'm, I was a mobile guy, a wireless guy for 20 some years, but don't even put them in your wireless device. Say them in that is your task. Put them down on paper because there's a true connection there mm. that you're going to get more accomplished if you have it wrote down. And if it's still yeah. the old pad, it can be a legal pad. But what are those priorities for the day that you need to get accomplished? And what's the top three projects that you want to move forward this week? Yeah, I've been playing with that. And it's amazing. I put something in my electronic calendar or I put it in a little red book. The little red book stuff gets done. It's just weird. Yeah. Uh, That's that well, connection from yeah. that thumb and that brain saying I'm going to accomplish that. That's amazing. Well, Gary, thanks for your time. Thanks for your, your insight and sharing your wisdom with us. How can people get a hold of you? They can get a hold of us at goascen.biz. It's G-O-A-S-C-E-N-D.biz. Or they can call um, 573-644-6655. And then we also have our website, www.goascen.biz. So any way that you'd like, just get a hold of us. If you just want to converse, I'll be glad to do that. Um, With our coaching program, we have an introductory where we can have a free session, give you a chance to hear what we talk about and what the program's about. I'll ask you some questions and we see if it's a fit and if there's anything that I can do. The key is you have the capability within yourself. Just go mm. out there and decide, set down the goals that you want to achieve and then the mentors or the coaches and help you achieve those. And you can reach anything that you set out to achieve. Well said. Well said. Thank you, Gary. Thanks again for your time. And, and thank you all for joining us here on Acclaimed Clinic. And we'll see you next week. 
Thanks again for coming to the Claim Clinic. This week's episode was brought to you by the 24-Hour Tech. If you want to increase your water damage profits, systemize your mitigation process, and decrease the time it takes to train a new water damage technician to just one day, you owe it to yourself to pick up a copy of the 24-Hour Tech. This manual, through 20 steps, will walk you through the processes of making more money and reducing your training time drastically. You can find it at the24hourtech.com. That's the24hourtech.com. See you next week.